This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to get to visit with a brilliant orthopedic surgeon who focuses on pediatric orthopedic surgery. We get to visit today with Dr. Dave Roberts, Dr. David Roberts. Uh, Dr. Roberts practices out of North Shore University Health System, one of the great emerging health systems in the country, incredibly well-led. I'm very familiar because I'm in a local area that I live in, is served by uh, North Shore University Health System. Uh, they've also developed the North Shore Orthopedic Institute, and they've done a fabulous job. Dr. Roberts is a leader, particularly in orthopedics for pediatrics, and particularly is going to talk about some of the things they're doing with, with limb lengthening and some other innovative efforts. Dr. Roberts, take a moment and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Yeah, um, um, my name is David Roberts. I'm a pediatric orthopedic surgeon uh, in practice at North Shore in the Chicago area. Um, I did my residency training at Northwestern um, in the area, uh, both for um, uh, med school and residency. I did a fellowship at Texas Scottish Rite Hospital in Dallas, Texas, where we did a lot of more specialization in limb lengthening surgery and scoliosis. And I've been in practice since about 2013. Uh, my practice focuses on um, both uh, limb deformity and, and other uh, pediatric, general pediatric orthopedics. I also do scoliosis surgery, spinal deformity surgery. And, um, but it's, you know, one of my sort of passions is uh, treating uh, challenging problems in pediatrics uh, with uh, some of the new technologies that have emerged with uh, limb lengthening in the recent years. And how did you get interested in pediatric orthopedics to begin with? How, how did you end up in that area? It, I mean, it, it, subspecialty. How many pediatric orthopedic surgeons are there in the country just around? And then how did you get interested in that area? I mean, what a magnificent place to be. Yeah, I think there's probably under a thousand. I think it might be that the POSNA Society has between 800 and a thousand U.S. members. Uh, don't quote me on that, but somewhere in that range. Um, you know, over time, the field has become more specialized that many of us surgeons specialize just in children. And then within the field, there's emerging specialization in spine, uh, lim limbs, um, you know, hand and other uh, sports medicine, things like that. Um, I, I really, when I started doing orthopedics, I, I really liked everything in orthopedics. I think it's just an amazing field that we have, um, you know, can treat all different parts of the body, um, problems that really cause, you know, pain, disability and people's day-to-day -day lives. And we have um, really, uh, you know, cool ways that we can correct them and, and improve uh, people's ability to get back to things they like to do. So um, I like treating, uh, you know, problems of the spine and spine deformity. I like treating uh, broken bones and fractures. I like treating um, uh, kids that have uh, limbs that are not, you know, formed right. And that can be from something they're born with. It can be um, uh, the result of a past uh, fracture, broken bone. It can be the result of a past infection. And um, what's cool about pediatrics is that we deal with the growing skeleton and, you know, when children's bones are growing, it creates, you know, all sorts of new challenges, but also new opportunities to fix problems that develop. So, you know, for example, when you meet a child with a certain problem, um, we have to think about, you know, um, what is this problem? Is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? Um, what is the best age to intervene? Are we going to do that in a single session at a, at a later time when they're a little older? Will we plan multiple surgeries throughout the childhood to get uh, to reconstruct their limb? Um, and um, you know what? What are the best strategies for that? So I think I think pediatrics has this sort of longitudinal aspect to it that I, I really like watching kids grow up and helping them get through things. And I think there's also a lot of strategies had to be kind of creative. And it's almost like a chess mask, planning out your strategies of when you're going to fix this problem as, as as it goes on. So it requires a lot of uh, you know advanced planning and communication with the families to figure out what's best for them and thinking about each patient's problem individually. And so I I've always just found that really uh, really interesting and, and cool in terms of 
how to make things uh, have better and, and then seeing that, you know, kids are just great. You know, kids can, uh, they can, uh, seeing kids overcome problems that they have and, and get back to normal things. It's just really satisfying. So yeah, I just, I just, I liked all parts of orthopedics and pediatrics involves a little bit of uh, all the different fields and has its own unique things about it that I liked as well. Just fast, let me ask you a couple more questions. The first question is like the percentage of practice for for you, how much of it breaks down to reconstructing and helping to fix challenges that that came from almost birth that are genetics of the person versus injury driven from some kind of traumatic incident? What, what's the breakdown of your practice? And then take a moment and talk to us about limb lengthening surgery. And, and when that's needed and when that becomes the, the, the thing to do? I would say it's probably at least about half and half. So half the things we see might be an injury or some, you know, and that can be an acute injury, like a broken bone. It can be a sports injury, some, some thing that occurs in the patient. And then half things probably are genetic or developmental. And, uh, you know, some things can be congenital, meaning you're born with a problem. And some things can be developmental, meaning over time, a problem develops and becomes apparent later. Like, for example, with scoliosis, you grow into it. Or some some type of conditions where the legs might be um, curved inward or outward, um, uh, bowing like knock knees or bow legs. Those might develop as opposed to being uh, congenital. Um, a lot of limb problems are uh, some of these problems where the limb is shorter are usually you know they probably fall into half and half congenital, half and half traumatic. And the congenital problems might not be diagnosed until later in life, but they're usually present at birth. And what we find is that a congenital limb shortening or difference. We've done a lot of research over decades. You know tracking how these people do. And we kind of stand on the shoulders of these giants. But, you know, many times you can predict um, the severity of a difference, you know, even in, in a young part of childhood. So a child comes in with a difference in the limb length that is a certain amount. In an absolute amount, it might only be, you know, an inch or something like that. But if a child is going to grow a certain amount during their life, you can make estimates about how much that will be later when they're an adult. And then the total difference that needs to be corrected, you can plan out whether that can be done in a single session or, or multiple sessions. And then therefore, you know, plan the, the times to do that. Um, so I, I think, um, yeah, it's probably about half and half things that are congenital and things that might be, you know, injury-related. An injury-related one might be, for example, someone uh, was a young child, had a, you know, simple playground injury, broke broke one of their bones and near the growth plate, and then the growth plate can become damaged. And then, uh, although they were born with normal legs that are the same length and shape, if the growth is damaged and that part of the bone no longer grows, over time, that bone will become shorter, and that can be significantly so. So then we have to um, think of ways that, you know, in rare cases, growth can be restored by fixing a problem with chronic growth plate. In many cases, if it cannot, you may plan just to redo the growth uh, surgically with uh, different types of limb lengthening strategies. You know, in rare cases, if it's going to be very small, the child's already older, you might just do a growth slowing procedure on the normal side, lose a small amount of growth um, because it's a little simpler. I think many people, if the differences are larger, instead of losing growth, they would choose to restore it with limb lengthening. And I think you know, limb lengthening is complicated, but I think that um, the devices that have been developed over the years that um, are inside the body, um, it can be controlled externally remotely, they make it much more tolerable and it probably expands some of the indications about where people might choose to do just a growth slowing procedure that's simple versus do a more uh, complex uh, limb lengthening surgery. And I think that, so the indications probably have expanded over the last, you know, decade or so as it's because has become in wider use. Thank you very much. Ask you a couple more questions. You know, the first is, what are you most focused on and excited about this year? Where, where are you most focused in your practice and what you see out there and what you're doing? Um, I think like, you know, now that kind of post-pandemic that we're getting back to uh, more normal lives for many people, I think, um, you know, 
uh, you were seeing more people have just regular injuries on the playground in sports. And some of that stuff was sort of uh, held back for so long. It's, it's nice to see people getting back to normal, even though that means we have to help them get through injuries. So just kind of seeing a lot more of the normal things we see people, people going and playing sports and having, having to work through, uh, you know, getting back to things. I think that's been kind of exciting in the practice. I think, you know, it was kind of rough on kids that, you know, obviously we had to, had to lock down for a while and it was, but it was kind of tough seeing that like kids miss a lot of things I like doing and seeing kids get back to things. And unfortunately that means we'll have to help them get through things when they're starting their seasons. I think um, that's kind of the most exciting thing I think. Um, and I think, so yeah, I think that's been the main difference. A lot of these, some of these things we've been working on have been, um, you know, the, in terms of limb lengthening, there's probably some things on the horizon with some devices that might make this uh, better or more flexible in the future. And we're, we're kind of waiting for some things to come out that, Will help make this strategy more uh, more applicable to a wider range of conditions, you know. So, and, and someone like me who who um, who is just not tall, that's not a candidate for that. I, I couldn't at this point use limb lengthening to become more athletic or taller. That would not be a that's not an indication. This is a serious thing, and it wouldn't help somebody who's short become a better athlete, right? Um, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good question. Um, what, what I'm focused on in my practice is treating problems that are congenital or developmental or post-traumatic. So restoring a limb that's injured or shortened to more normal you know, function. Um, you know, there are um, places and centers in the country that do cosmetic limb length for height alone. Um, and I think, um, you know, it's, it's, always, it, it's, it's always been some controversies about the, the pros and cons of risk benefit of doing a major limb reconstruction for that. But I think it has become more, more widespread. I think, um, that's not a focus in my practice being just pediatrics. Mostly we're focusing on uh, different pathologies, but it is, it is an option, but it's a fairly risky and expensive option and has, has some downsides and risks. And so I think it has to be undertaken, you know, with good care and consideration and a surgeon that has a lot of experience to avoid uh, risk of complications that can develop during such a treatment. Um, I, that is a, it is out there. It is probably becoming more widespread. I think it's probably best in the hands of really uh, high volume experienced centers. Uh, no, that, that's fascinating. And that's certainly that's I say it somewhat jokingly. And even though I have four years of college eligibility left in basketball, I don't see myself going down that route. We'll leave this for the, the kids yeah. who really need this. I, I say it somewhat jokingly, of course. I'm I'm yeah. uh, I, 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 I'm not going to become a candidate for college basketball, no matter how long yeah. I've got. I'm just not, don't have the talent. I can ask you one more question. You'll indulge me if you will. Golf, biking, swimming. What's your favorite of the three? I like to play golf. I like to ride my bike. And I used to be a, I used to be a competitive swimmer. I probably don't have as much time to get that with my kids and stuff, but uh, kind of like all three, probably, uh, probably riding my bike and playing golf are the most common things I've been getting into uh, outside of work uh, these days. Dr. Roberts, in, in all, in all complete seriousness, what a remarkable career. And, and it, it's something it's, it's really inspiring to talk to both people having remarkable careers, but that also are so mission driven in their careers, really trying to take care of children and their orthopedic needs. And particularly here, it really is inspiring. Thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast for all you do. And thank you to the North Shore University Health System, one of the great systems in our, in our area here. Uh, what, a, what a pleasure to visit with you and watch the growth of the system. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for the opportunity. Thank you.